command control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. Countdown engines on Three, two, Check ignition one. And may God's love be with you Welcome to Student Radio Maastricht. This is Sachit speaking and you were just listening to Space Oddity by David Bowie, whom we all love and miss. Um, we are live from RTV Studios, 107.5 FM. And today we're going to be talking about a bunch of very interesting topics. We're going to be talking about a proposed telescope in Maastricht called the Einstein Telescope and also about new developments in the cultural sector. With me today on the on the table are uh, Merdad. Merdad, could you please introduce yourself to, to our audience? Hi, it's Merdad. I'm um, a physicist and neuroscientist uh, living in Maastricht. I'm also an entrepreneur in the neurotech uh, uh, field and 
Uh, I'm uh, a citizen a supporter of this uh, Einstein telescope. A citizen supporter. Thank you very much. And uh, also with us is Alexander Lerving, who's been on radio before, but could you please introduce yourself again? Good evening, everyone. Um, yes, my name is Alexander. Um, I'm a local politician. I sit at the, I'm a member of the city council. And... Um, and yes, I'm very focused on topics such as culture and uh, the um, development of a more knowledge-based economy, and right. hence my interest in Einstein Telescope. Of course. Sounds great. Um, and with us is Zaki on tech. Hello, everyone. I'm not going to be speaking much because this is a little bit out of my like area of expertise, but you know, I find the conversation fascinating nonetheless. Thanks, Zaki. And uh, we'd like to thank Shyam for his, his role in producing this episode. Um, Merdat, could you tell us a little bit about the, the Einstein Telescope as a proposal, just very broadly about what, what exactly it is? Yeah. So first of all, I say I'm uh, here as a, as a supporter of as this. As a citizen uh, supporter. As a citizen supporter and not as a physics expert, okay. although I have a background in physics. But uh, I'm here to more talk more about the social impact of it. But all of right. course, it's good to first give uh, an overview what the Einstein Telescope is. Yeah. And so th this this telescope or this detector or uh, this observatory is there to detect uh, some predictions that were originally made by uh, Einstein or a little bit before by Poincaré before. Uh, Poincaré, but but I the see. general relativity of Einstein proposed some interesting um, aspect of uh, space time um, um, curvature changing yes. as. Uh, as uh, big um, uh, big events happen in the universe as as huge objects collide and things like that yeah like for yeah. example if like, we have for example two uh, super huge stars they collide or we have like uh, two uh, black holes they collide and they release uh, some energy this energy is so big that can make uh, changes in space time that is even visible very far like the hundreds of thousands of uh, uh, kilometers away from them uh, on Earth, uh, we can still see the, the outcomes of that change that happens there. Sounds fantastic. We'll uh, go into the Einstein telescope in a little bit. And Alexander, could you briefly tell us uh, what you'd like to speak about in a bit? Well, um, next to the Einstein telescope, I think that what is interesting and most relevant for our listeners is to understand um, this one particular case study of the Einstein telescope in a broader trend of what we uh, in in, poli in policy like to call gentrification. Gentrification. Um, yes, it's the idea that um, a city gentrifies. So, uh, like as it as it stands, it, it derives from the French word for gentry, basically. Gentry, which is also an English word, and Indeed. gentrification is the process of you know accommodating the gentry in a city and uh, pushing out the. Well, <laughs> well, it's a fancy word for saying that like we're becoming bourgeois. Bourgeois, exactly. And uh, fancy. yeah, and that brings like loads of uh, challenges uh, in the policy making mm -hmm. and the infrastructure and indeed the DNA of the city. Yeah, I think that this is something which is uh, crucial to discuss and to anticipate. Uh, how can we capitalize as best as possible on the opportunities, which, for quite surprisingly. Um, Maastricht has a benefit to potentially enjoy. 
Sounds very interesting. I'm um, very interested to hear ab- about all of this. But for the moment, we'll be listening to the Great Gig in, Great Gig in the Sky by Pink Floyd. As our listeners might have already picked up, all the songs today are space-themed. So, enjoy.
that was a great kick in the sky by pink floyd um this was a live version it's uh, it sounds very different to me i've grown up listening to the cd version and some some things which you've heard enough as a kid you know as soon as it's a little different you hear it and this is very very different very famous voice solo but i digress um we're here to talk about the einstein telescope with metad and alexander with zeki on tech we're on rtv maastricht uh, 107.5 fm and i'd like to really dive right into the heart of the matter the einstein telescope mm, is it a telescope really metad what can you say <laughs> <laughs> well it's uh, i know we all uh, think about telescope about like kind of lens we look through it yeah. and we look at the sky and we see beautiful sky so, so in, in that sense it's not a telescope so so i can't i can't go down to the einstein telescope and ask where the objective is and look <laughs> is that not possible i'm so disappointed no you cannot <laughs> look, i'm so sorry you cannot not only you cannot look but also it's not really directing to the sky but mm-hmm. it's it's like 300 meters under the ground so it's like really deep under the ground it has no connection to the sky it's uh, and we are actually what what it is in reality measuring is the change in the uh, in the space time space basically the length of for example a length of a tunnel which is like 20 kilometers um on one side and another 20 kilometers on another side uh, they look if um based on some things that happens in the universe uh, some uh, millions of years ago uh, if that affects these two 20 kilometers to have a little bit difference in in size for like a very short amount of time right. so so for a very short amount of time the 2 kilometer would be 2 kilometer pr- plus 0.00000 like 20 times 0 1 and uh, <laughs> the other side would be a little bit less less like, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so what you're uh, detecting is a wave in the space time continuum itself a gravitational wave right gravitational a gravitational yeah, wave yeah. i mean personally i think um radio astronomy is cheating already uh-huh. but you know light and radio waves are all electromagnetic waves so uh-huh. i'll give them a pass but gravitational waves are not electromagnetic waves and yeah. to call it a telescope is i think it's cheating the public it's cheating the child inside me who wants to go and who wants and wants to see you know yeah exactly <laughs> So, um could you tell us a little bit more Madad about what the significance of this strange measurement is? Why is it so important? Why must we do this? So for m- more than a uh, more than 40 50 years people are trying to to detect su- such um uh, such waves or uh, right. uh, such phenomenon basically. Yeah. And um, it was f- um, the importance is that the in the understanding that we have about the world which is we have one understanding about very small scales that that's where the quantum physics is coming right. we have heard a lot about it that's that's what is playing the main role in most of the technologies we are using these days including the mobile phones and yep. everything else basically and on the other hand we have a, a completely different type of physics is the f- physics of very large scales basically yep. the physics of um, um uh, galaxies more than galaxies uh, actually like the very far distance things how they are um uh, interacting with with each other like super huge like uh, the black holes for example yes and uh, the things that each of them um has the size of uh, 
30 times bigger than uh, our whole solar system oh. and how these things are interacting with each other. So this is, um, and these two physics are very small scale and very big scale. These are the things that actually make all whole physics and with this whole physics we are able to do a lot of measurements that we are doing this. For example, the GPS on your phone. The mm -hmm. GPS wouldn't work without this kind of large scale thing that we have that they call general relativity. Right. So using general relativity, n knowing if it is correct, what is the boundaries of it and what is the pitfalls of it and what is the, um, the exact form formulation of it is the thing that helps us going uh, to the right direction while we are going to a new address. Like, uh, right. So very, very, very simple things that, uh, that are used from physics, but to, to make it very simple is that we just learn how the world works. Okay, Yeah. that's very interesting. And uh, why Maastricht? Why is this here? I mean, this sounds very cool and stuff, but Maastricht as a hub <laughs> for physics? I mean, Maastricht is known for many things, but Alexander, do you think Maastricht is very, very well known as a hub for this kind of science? Alas, no. No. Um, no, Maastricht, well, for one, we have the university, which is only like since the early 70s has yeah. been settled here. Before that, Maastricht has a tradition in uh, heavy industry and mining. Right. Um, but uh, we're, we're trying to pivot towards um, the knowledge-based economy. And um, why Maastricht? Well, there's a part of the question part of the answer is uh, physical infrastructural I, I believe it has to do with the stability of the ground the earth i see merdad is there something that you might know about this about the stability of the uh, ground in limburg yeah in the <laughs> yes. limburg landscape <laughs> so uh, yeah geophysically maastricht has a very stable land let's put it like okay that. that's very inside europe like uh, within uh, yeah also, so there are two two main points that they, they mention in this candidacy. One is the stability of the land, and the other one is being close to the ecosystem of the knowledge that is in Eindhoven, in um, Aachen, in Liege, and uh, Leuven, and even Delft is can counted in this. So, so it's like a, uh, it's kind of center of a very big uh, knowledge ecosystem while it is it has very stable land and it and they were probably you have heard there were three candidates in the beginning uh, because of their land originally and uh, and the interest from the regions uh, and one was in a place in hungary one was a place in italy sardinia uh, which is still in the race with maastricht and the third one is maastricht okay yeah. and what is your role in this selection process your role but you said you're a citizen so what is a citizen's role okay so, yeah, this is this is a, a very open question. I I have uh, I'm thinking about it. I also want to know uh, if anybody from the audience can also help answering this question. So we know that the process of getting this um, hosting this telescope in this region is is not very um, very straightforward, simple um, as some other events like it's not as easy as uh, 
um, the Eurovision. Eurovision. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, as simple. Huh? Eurovision had like a, I don't know, a committee of eight people. They they or I think actually four people. They had they had to make a decision within a short time. But in this case, is uh, for these uh, uh, big scientific things that only it takes ten years to build and another wow. 40 50 80 100 years uh, to to use and to improve uh, they need like a kind of um, deliberation among the whole society of scientists and it's it's a big society i would say in terms of uh, like few thousand people need to agree uh, need to discuss that what is the best location and uh, so it's it's not something that we just lobby uh, yeah. one day uh, and uh, or like make some people happy and then uh, it's it's going to happen no we should actually show some track record we should show some real interest from the region uh, that has been shown at like some kind of governmental level uh, at the at the level of province province of limburg has has uh, put a lot of effort in it i should say but nothing from the citizen side so we think this is something missing and the citizens need to actually also participate in it because it's something that uh, uh, will be useful for citizens so citizens should also try to make it happen there and uh, probably it's uh, there is no formula i don't know any formula how the citizens uh, best action is but we have some ideas we have also asked uh, from the expert from uh, other cities who could get uh, become the host of other uh, other big uh, things like uh, for example cern or groningen that have got uh, uh, other big um, uh, observatory or a detector um, we, like one of them is to ask the people who have been involved in those kind of campaigns and yep. uh, and uh, get the information from them and kind of uh, tailor make it fine tune it to uh, to make uh, to make it ready for Maastricht, but also uh, it could be any other creative thing that uh, we can think about. And uh, uh, making science more popular here, making here more popular among scientists, especially about like high energy physicists, cosmologists, those people who are interested um, in in building of this thing. And and at the end of it, uh, to be honest, it doesn't matter for science itself where it is going to be located. Yeah, it, it matters, matters for, for us. us as citizens. Yeah. Huh? You know. <laughs> That's very interesting. Well, we'll sh sh we'll uh, break for a quick song and then we'll get back to this. Uh, you'll be listening to "Walking on the Moon" by the Police.
That was Walking on the Moon by the Police, and we are back here in the RTV studios. Uh, you're listening to Student Radio Maastricht on 107.5 FM, and we're discussing the Einstein Telescope in Merdad and Alexander. And just to pick up from where we were in the last segment, uh, Merdad was talking about uh, what, this, what the role of a citizen might be in this uh, incredibly complex and long-winded selection process that has to, of course, take into account many difficult, many different things, including scientific viability. So I guess we should feel fortunate for the fact that Maastricht has been chosen after what I'm sure must have been a lengthy study and selection process. But I'd like to ask uh, Madad and perhaps Alex as well, what the average citizen could expect from the building of this telescope. As I understand it, for 10 years, it's not going to be complete anyway. So it's going to be 10 years of construction. But what will those 10 years of construction look like? And what will it add to Maastricht? What, how will it change the city? Will it change the city at all? Yeah, I mean, that's the most important thing. And that's why basically the citizens, I think, should do something about it. The point is that uh, the economic value of this 10 year of construction of the most high tech things that you can imagine that at this moment don't exist. So lots of technologies that are going to be used in this telescope don't exist at this moment. So this is already um, quite a lot for a city which is mainly putting um, the effort for keeping the economy that is uh, only around hospitality business and the horeca, mm-hmm. suddenly moving towards technology, science, and like knowledge economy. It's it's quite a huge shift, and it is actually the future because the the current economy we have is like a um which is quite good actually in, in many senses it's 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 nice uh, um but it's not for 21st century like like uh, it, it's it's also a personal opinion that mm-hmm. the, the kind of things that are already existing uh, um having a nice chicken shun city like uh, having all these kind of things is nice but unless we have some high tech going uh, on there to bring technology, to bring smart people to this city, you just have these people who, like uh, youngsters that are uh, graduating and going to other cities, yeah. uh, those who, who do their PhD, who do their masters and go to Amsterdam, go to Eindhoven, people who even still living here, and but they go for work to Eindhoven or right. go to Aachen to work or go to Liège even. Um, this is this is the thing that that can be fixed with with such a thing, and just very simple approximations about this is that there there is a kind of direct investment, uh, uh, huge international money coming is is over a billion euro, so wow. over a billion euro. So like forget all these budgets of city development by the by the city council that Alex is uh, <laughs> in the process of the Bechroting and these kind of things. But just imagine uh, a billion is going to be spent by international organizations that we produce the highest technology. And uh, the, I mean, what can be better than this really? Right. And uh, the, 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 the direct jobs would be more than 1,500 jobs created. huh? And we are talking about super high-tech jobs, t- jobs that normally need a lot more investment to be created by by uh, national governments or regional governments. So this is like a super big gift. Uh, it's like winning a lottery for this city if we if we can get it. 
Thanks, Mehta. That's very interesting. Alex, uh, is this uh, the knowledge-based economy you were talking about? What are your reflections on what Mehta has just shared with us? Many. Um, well, the first, my first reflection is that I feel very grateful to my girlfriend for introducing me to this concept, the challenge we have as a society, the future of work. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what Merit was was touching upon, is that especially now when we are like having this uh, contusions, economic contusions because of this economic the, the, the Corona crisis, um, which has been nothing else but accelerating the structural changes the economy which we are experiencing since the last 5, 10, 15 years. Well, since 2008 in a sense, but perhaps even stretching from before that. Technolo- technological. In yeah. A, the, I mean, like the automati- future. automatization. Yeah. Uh, you're, talking more than, you're, you're talking more than end to physical labor as the primary driver of economy. I'm, I'm, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, basically. And the point being is that if we want to remain as a city competitive in yes. the labor market, in the economic, uh, in the economy of the 21st century, um, we need to capitalize precisely on these uh, high-tech innovations uh, industry, mm-hmm. because um, because this is where the biggest growth opportunities or development opportunities still lay. Um, and indeed, as Merdot says, completely right, we are about to win a, a lottery, a jackpot. Mm-hmm. Um, and this will have repercussions indeed for the long term for the city. Just look at how much change the university has brought to the city. Yeah, uh, it has fundamentally changed the genetics of this city. I mean, like I we're see. now uh, walking in the street, you hear almost more English than you hear Dutch. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, I see the Einstein telescope as a continuation of this process. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we do I do want to disclaim, you know, like we haven't won it yet. That uh, mm-hmm. we are in the final, we have a good shot, but there's still a lot of work we needs to be done. Um, the council, uh, the city, the regional government, the provinci, um, we're all very much aware of it, and we're working at it. Um, but indeed, I believe that citizens, uh, individual citizens, can do so much more. Yeah. Um, right now, what is happening is there's a lobby activity going towards these institu- these institutions, be they governmental or scientific, and we need to profile ourselves. We need to brand Maastricht, mm-hmm. and there's so much a city can do what I mean by a city, I mean like this kind of a top-down relationship, but there's no more compelling argument than having this bottom-up uh, craving almost, popular right. craving coming mm-hmm. for this thing, because like then people understand as well in the decision-making power, okay, cool, we have, the doors are big open, we are welcome. And uh, yeah, that's that's a good impression to have when you when you come to the, the decision making. Now, of course, that's uh, the best kind of uh, the best kind of impetus one can ask for, especially in the city city in decisions that lead to you know city city transformations. Yes. Plus, um, none of this is directly related, but you know, for instance, yesterday in the council, we had to make a decision about um, extending the uh, how many days events are allowed on the Freitag. Um, this may sound completely unrelated, but I do see a relationship. Um, namely, that 
we as a city struck by Corona, we see now how dependent we have become on the retail and tourism industry. Yes. And this is what hurts me so much that we are we have been brought yesterday in a very difficult situation where we need to decide between health concern mm-hmm. and economic concern. And the economic concern has overtaken it, understandably so, because we are so dependent on just this one very little branch sector of our economy. Right. And this is why it is so important to diversify. Yeah. Not to have all our eggs in the same basket. Yeah. Um, so this is for the on the local level what is of such importance, besides indeed the amazing uh, job prospects and of uh, and being mapped on the on the on the scientific map again. On the European scientific map, maybe the international one. International one. Well, yeah. on that note, we'll take a quick break for uh, outer space by the Prodigy, continuing our space theme, and then we'll be back.
was um so that was outer space by the prodigy very high amp- amplitude track really enjoyable and you're listening to student radio maastricht on rtv 107.5 i'm started speaking to alexander and medad about the einstein telescope and we've kind of gone into discussing you know the state of the city in a sense um alexander just before the break you were talking about um uh questions regarding you know uh, the city and i it just struck me that do you not think that there will be uh, some kind of change to the cost of living brought on by the by the einstein telescope you mean if uh, rental f- prices will go up for instance um well i'm not an economist but i predict yes to some extent is it not, is it's a natural assumption to make right if but, um, no, no, no actually no sorry let, let me sorry to interrupt you but i need to 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 go back uh i i don't know it's dependent on so many more factors than just the construction of one telescope yeah of course the telescope will raise property value in some place in maastricht but that can also be counteracted by simply how many how much more buildings do we build yeah yeah absolutely i i don't i don't mean to ask for you ask for a prediction of housing prices in 10 years but more about the let's say the impact the impact vector of you know the einstein telescope and the creation of jobs in the in the region yeah yeah okay so that was in very that's that's a yeah more clear it's question. it's a question that you can answer <laughs> um i cannot but at length there has been a case study about this uh, an impact analysis yeah. made uh, precisely about the einstein telescope and indeed it was something like 500 jobs uh, just directly related to the 1500, einstein 1500 yeah. 1500 i believe and yeah. 1500 indirectly i believe well anyways were th- th- a huge yeah. amount of new jobs um and uh in several billions of euros in uh, in the long term um return for the not only the city but the whole ecosystem because that is indeed i i think the most interesting like one of the most interesting challenges yeah. if um is that we should maybe adopt a more higher helicopter view of the situation and not mm-hmm. consider maastricht as just maastricht but as a bigger center of a larger ecosystem mm-hmm. uh, which would indeed include uh, this euregio the yeah a combination of the german part the belgian part and the dutch right yeah and on that level uh indeed as what merit was saying in in his first segment as well it will uh it will push for more um infrastructure yes uh simply considering for instance just the train the the intercity train yeah. if we have a nine telescope then it would make a very compelling argument to have the intercity uh, train passing by um by Maastricht the same way right. it goes up upwards via yeah. the Thales for instance yeah um uh, the airport could have potentially a new um uh, function a new role basically we're creating a new um a technopolis within the city yeah. which has this um I don't want to say uh, gravitational well yes <laughs> it will have some gravitational pull <laughs> that's a nice pun and um and um but this will have a trickle down effect on so many more so much more than just uh knowledge based economics but yeah. it will improve the university it will improve uh, local businesses uh tourism will also thrive um on all aspects it's uh it's, it will be a radical change and that's yeah. what i very much welcome i see mhm madad would is there anything you'd like to add to I, this i would like to add yeah Um, definitely the housing prices uh, as a single factor thing that is 
with Einstein telescope versus without Einstein telescope, definitely, because it is creating high paid jobs, definitely there is going to be a lack of uh, uh, housing in, in the city, enough housing and the housing prices go up. Yep. Also people with a lot of money are coming because yep. they are, uh, I mean, they are getting paid by international organizations uh, um, and uh, normally those super high tech jobs get paid very well. So that's not, that, that's a part of it, of course. There is no doubt about it. The same way any any advanced place, even Eindhoven, look at Eindhoven, like uh, uh, just compare the housing prices now and 10 years ago in Eindhoven and see what has happened. But also all jobs are there. I mean, it's right. uh, uh, you cannot have a it's very- It's a thriving city. A thriving city without yeah. actually uh, uh, housing prices up. Like look yeah. at Amsterdam, like just, um, since the European Drug Agency came to Amsterdam, the housing price went like crazy because it was just a thousand very high-paid job that uh, from because of Brexit they had to move the the headquarter to some other place and it was Amsterdam. When they moved that and these a thousand high-paid jobs just entered uh, with their family, most of the people with families like super high professionals. They came to Amsterdam and yeah, of course, uh, they made the housing prices uh, like skyrocketing yeah. and Amsterdam was not ready. I mean, we have time to be ready about it. And there right. is, there, we there have advanced no notice. Exactly. Yeah. We have advanced notice. We are planning for it. So the, I, sh I think there is really no excuse for the municipality or the f for the city not to be prepared in, in the housing sector and uh, keep on giving like low quality uh, housing to like very um, uh, very high-tech people actually who are yeah. coming here so it, it it won't be acceptable now they are doing that uh, like lots of landlords with the students are doing that like uh, uh, low quality places are given to students um, for for little money but the same thing cannot happen so the the quality of things need to to improve the quantity also good quality housing need to improve but also a lot more prosperity is coming to the city by this. Right. Well, we'll put a, put a pin on that and quickly break for a bit of uh, Radiohead, Subterranean Homesick Alien, and we'll be back for the final segment.
Welcome back to our last segment on the show about the Einstein telescope. Um, Alexander, I wanted to bring back something that you've said at the very beginning about gentrification. Everything I hear about the Einstein telescope and its impact on the city makes me think that this might be some kind of process that aids in gentrification. And what, I'd like to know what you think about this. Um, well, gentrification is a neutral concept. Yeah. It's not necessarily bad or good. Um, changes. And what we see indeed in Maastricht uh, these last 10, 20 years um, is that the, cha- the city is, uh, is basically in, uh, in, in its apex. Um, we're, having, um, we're having like a golden age here. And yeah. what you can see is that this has, uh, we're transitioning indeed towards a more um, wealthier uh, segment of the city, especially yeah. the city center. Um, and it has these advantages on one side is it brings these kind of, it makes Maastricht compelling for such big big projects such as yeah. Einstein. Um, but it also indeed has a negative impact on what has made the charm of Maastricht in these last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, such as, for instance, the the Lumbar Belong. Yeah, um, there was, a, there was a, a news report about the Lumbar Belong. Yes, indeed. Well, um, this is indeed something I would like to bring to the attention of our listeners here today, is that um, for better or worse, the um, the whole dossier of the Lumbar Belong has reached a milestone two days ago, mm-hmm. a few days ago. And um, basically we've come to the conclusion of like the, the council made the decision that it should continue with its tender um, and that the Lumber Belong as an organization doesn't have the, the, the ambition to participate at that level. So basically the whole building has now been given to the market and now we can just hope uh, that there will come some kind of an innovative concept which will take the Lumber Belong um, in its fault, yeah. Uh, but there's no guarantee for it, yeah. And that is um, f- what, as far as I'm concerned, a big question mark. Then, um, what does this mean for the social cultural diversity of the city? Um, and this is also goes back to the Einstein telescope. Uh, the international community of Maastricht, we don't have much to entertain ourselves. I mean, right. the students, especially, I've been one for many years. <laughs> uh, Lama Belong was one of my m- main hideouts. Um, not having that anymore, um, the uh, attraction for the city uh, I have is going to be will be very much reduced. Yeah, uh, this I is a sentiment. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, since the beginning of, as you say, the Lama Belong dossier, this has been a sentiment that's been commonly expressed, and I think we're going to see the outcome of this kind of thought. In in the future, as the ten, as the tender proceeds, at this point, best thing we can do is cross our fingers. Um, well, we can also, of course, I mean, like if there are like big businessmen here among our listeners who have like uh, a, a big fat bank account and who have who care about the scene, um, please get in touch with us. <laughs> um, no, but on a more serious note, what I I think that the city. Um, this is at least what I'm fighting for, is that we look to these free zones such as Lumber Belong in a broader economic strategy to attract and bind 
the international highly educated workforce to Maastricht. Um, One can hope for a positive change of that kind. Well, yes, indeed, yeah. but that but this is maybe the, the best my, we can my concluding point. There yeah. is something which indeed citizens all we all can do, yeah. and that is get prepared for the next elections. Um, yeah. You know, if if next time there's again going to be just a minority representing the Lombard Belong and our interests more than just Lombard Belong, yeah, then we don't have much. Um, then this will be a self-fulfilling prophecy which leads us nowhere. And it's really up to the, the the citizens to vote and to express their concern, their voices, and only then we can make a difference. Without that backing, uh, we don't ha- we don't we don't have any ground to stand upon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Alexander, and thank you so much, Merdad, for participating in today's very interesting episode. It was a pleasure to have you on, uh, in the radio as always. I'd like to end by quickly thanking um, our supporters, RTV and Code Zero Four Three. And uh, I'd also like to mention that, well, there's not much for the cultural agenda with the new restrictions announced yesterday. But for those of our listeners who may not know yet what's happening, Liza Marie with her channel uh, News News in English, RTV Maastricht, has published a full translation. And uh, we are beginning shows, DJ shows on Friday evenings with our uh, partners Mose Musica. So look forward to that. And as for the rest, I'm going to let Mogwai ride us out with Every Country's Son. Thank you for listening. This is Student Radio Maastricht, started speaking.